and welcome to the PSPA podcast, which is kindly brought to you by Pavers Foundation in memory of Mary Yule. I'm Liz Sturgis, a PSPA volunteer, and on today's episode, we will be talking about the support that PSPA provides to carers. Today, we're joined by Carol Amirgiersvand, PSPA's Director of Engagement, and Caroline Woodcock, another PSPA volunteer whose granny passed away from PSP in 2019. Hi to both of you. So we're here here to chat about the different support that PSPA offers to carers, an area which has been growing in the past couple of years. We know from working with families and healthcare professionals how rewarding caring for a family member can be, but also how challenging it is at times too. So Carol, perhaps you'd like to go first and say what you feel the main challenges are that carers face. I think that there are an awful lot of challenges that carers face um, with supporting someone with such a, an unusual condition like PSP, conditions like PSP and CVD. Um, I think one of the main challenges is getting others to understand the conditions yeah. because we hear often that um, friends and family will say to people, oh, what has John or Mary got? And when they say PSP or CVD, the first thing people say is, what on earth is that? So I think the, the challenge is getting them to understand what the condition is um, yeah. and for them to understand how challenging it can be to look after someone that has impulsive movements and has cognitive problems it is really, really challenging um, for those carers. Um, it's also very difficult to find the right support and care um, for, for the person you're living with, but you're also looking for support for yourself as well. Yes, so, you know, it, it's trying to find the, the right where, where to be with that right type of support, where to go with that right type of support, um, to find that support, sorry, to find that support. Um, I think, and that's where we come in, where I think if you ring the PSPA helpline, when you you know you you feel the time is right for you, we can offer you those sort of signposts to carers groups that we provide or local groups. So um, it is it is about finding the right care and support. Also, finding time for themselves. I think people don't normally normally identify themselves as carers. You're a wife. You're a mother. You're a sister brother husband yeah so true yeah. yeah you just don't think of yourself as a carer and when you see something about carers assessments or a carer support group you think well that isn't me I'm not a carer I'm that person's husband so thinking about your role and how that and how that's changed and also just getting time for yourself I think the challenge of of finding a few hours in a day is so so difficult you're struggling to, to sort of care for someone and, and keep cooking and cleaning and doing all of that. So I think trying to find that, even if it's five minutes to sit down and, and, and take a moment to gather your thoughts is, is really, really challenging. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. And, and Caroline, having cared for a family member, have you got anything that you'd like to add to that or you reinforce on what Carol said? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with everything Carol said I think um I suppose in a way I was a step removed because it was my granny not my mum you know we didn't mm. live with her 
Um, but I know my mum certainly spent so much time driving up and down the motorway, going to visit, going to stay with them, just trying to help and all of her sisters as well. Um, so, yeah, it's very difficult to kind of to, to step into that carer role and um, to go from being a daughter or a child or a husband or a wife, whoever it is, to step into that carer role is difficult. Um, and I totally agree with the how important it is to take time for yourself as well. Yes. And Yeah. So, so Carol, a new support group has been launched for carers, launched this month. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the idea behind the group? Well, you know, for many years we've had the local groups that support people living with the condition and carers yes. um, regionally. And it's great to go along to those groups and meet, build relationships and share experiences. But often you've got the person that you're caring for sitting next to you and sometimes you just want to offload and talk about how difficult it is and you can't you don't have permission really to do that in a meeting where you've got people living with the condition because yes they're feeling guilty about having this condition and putting you through what they're putting you through so being able to have a a, a place a safe place to actually just talk about how you're feeling and, and share experiences is what was needed really for carers. It's difficult, it was difficult to try and do face-to-face -face carers groups because, um, you know, PSP and CBD are rare conditions. So we didn't have the volume of people to set up local face-to-face -face groups. So once we'd got our head all around Zoom, it seemed the ideal opportunity to open it up to a nationwide carer support group initially and see what the, the take-up was. And um, the take-up was, was massive. I think, we had, I think we had about 65 in that wow. first meeting, and um, if not more. And, um, you know, it was just, it's, I just want it really to be a place for carers to meet up have some time to talk about how they're feeling and talk about other things as well. It's not all about PSP and CBD. It, it's about life in general and, and yes. being able to, to maybe forget about PSP and CBD for, for an hour. So um, as, Liz, as you said, Liz, the first one was uh, last week and um, we had people from all over the country. So it was a really, really good meeting. Yeah. Oh. That's fantastic. Technology has it has its place, doesn't yeah, it? it? Does. So, it things does. like that. So um, the first one was last week, uh, seven thirty in the evening on Wednesday. How would people register their interest if they'd like to join future meetings? And how long do the meetings run for? Okay. the The way you register is you contact the helpline. Okay. And the, the plan moving forward, because the meeting was so well attended, the plan is. To separate the meetings into regional meetings, smaller meetings. So we have up to about 20 people in a meeting rather okay. than the 60. It's very hard to manage 
and not everybody gets a chance to to have a chat and, and, and talk about how they're feeling. So moving forward, um, there will be regional meetings. And as it grows, those regional meetings will probably become county meetings. We don't know yet. So we'll have right. to see how it goes. So if you're interested, you're a carer and you're interested in attending, um, you, you need to ring the helpline and register your interest. We will look at the region you're living in, the area you're living in, and we'll pop you into a group which is, you know, has got people that are living in the same sort of area as you. We're not sure at the moment what evening or time we're going to be doing those because we're, at the moment we're just working out how many groups we're going to have to have. So I think the first thing is to register and then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, this meeting, this first meeting was scheduled in for an hour and a half. It, it did go on for a lot, lot longer. But what I have said to people is it's their meeting and they can come and go as they please. So if, you, if it starts at 7 and you can't get to us until 7.30, then that's great. You can just join us at 7.30. And if you join us at 7 and have to leave at quarter to 8, you can leave. And if you want to come back in, you can do. I know that caring is a demanding uh, role. And, you know, you might think you've got someone settled and they've got everything they need around them. So it gives you an hour and a half to have a chat. But nine times out of ten, somebody wants a drink or, you know, somebody wants to go to the loo or something. So I think just yeah. being able to come in and out of the meeting is really, really beneficial. So just ring the helpline and register your interest. Great, sounds really a really flexible way of managing situations. Yeah. And we'll give the contact details for the helpline at the end of the podcast. Uh, also a question again for you, Carol. What about publications? Do PSPA offer anything specific for carers that they can request or download from the website to help um, understanding the condition or um, talking to others or supporting them well we've got our per the personal guide to psp which we're just about to review um, and although it, it says your personal guide to psp there is information in there for carers however the new guide will have a separate section for carers so coming up probably mid year or later on in the year there will be a specific carer carers guide so um, look out for that. You can find it on the website uh, or again, you can contact the helpline and they can send you one out. So. Great, thank you. Uh, so Caroline, welcome again. And um, you've been helping PSPA to support carers after your granny died. Could you tell us a little bit about your granny and how her PSP developed and how did PSPA support your family during this? Yeah, so uh, my granny was called Hazel. She was born in Scotland um, in the borders and she was the oldest of four girls um, and she grew up on her family farm. So uh, she went to study in Edinburgh, um, trained at the domestic science school in Edinburgh and she went on to be a cook. Um, particularly she went to this outward bound school in the Lake District and that's where she met my granddad. Um, they married and went on to have four girls as well. So there's a bit of a pattern in the family. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and they lived all around the country at various times and they settled in Shropshire in the kind of early 2000s. 
Um, Granny first noticed the signs of PSP when she was on holiday with her daughters. Um, her youngest daughter lives in Jamaica, so they were out there visiting her. They were all swimming around in the sea, having a good day out. And um, Granny was trying to lift herself back up onto the boat on the backboard. Mm. And she just couldn't do it. She just could not lift herself up. And, and mum said, you know, at the time, it was hilarious. And they were all really laughing. It was all funny. They're trying to shove Granny back up. And, you know, at yeah. the time, it was very funny. But when Granny got onto the boat, she said, you know, just I've just lost my oomph. I've just lost my my core strength you know and, and that was one of the first symptoms we think in hindsight for granny um that that was you know losing her kind of core strength and so that was one of the first signs that we saw um like so many people with PSP and CBD she was misdiagnosed for quite a long time um but eventually was diagnosed with PSP in 2010 um Unfortunately, it did. It really robbed her of, of many things. Um, her voice, for one. Um, a lot of my younger cousins can't remember her, her voice. And I feel really sad about that. I feel lucky that I can still hear it, you know, but yes, um, but it was a long time of her not being able to speak properly. Um, she couldn't write, couldn't walk. But throughout all of that, she retained her sense of humour and her dignity and her mind. And that was something as a a carer I say loosely but you know whenever I was with my granny um yeah. I found it quite difficult because where people don't understand the condition and like you were saying earlier if you just say oh it's PSP nobody knows what that means right. um I found it difficult when people would talk kind of down to my granny and it, I think there's the misunderstanding that if somebody can't speak that they need to be kind of shouted at and spoken to in a certain way and and it just used to, I just used to hate it because I thought granny doesn't need that, you know, if you can perfectly understand you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it was difficult for granny, but like I say, she did retain her, her dignity throughout. Um, and she would, she just loved it when we were all together, obviously four girls, they, you know, big family, lots yeah. of cousins and everything. Um, she was in her element when we were all together as a family. And she, she obviously can't see it on the podcast, but her shoulders would kind of go up and down with laughter. She would just be watching us all and having a really good time. So, so yeah, so that's my granny. Um, yeah, really missed, but very fondly remembered. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. That was a, a lovely description of her. Thank you. And so your, your family turned to PSPA for support. What sort of support did, yes. did various of you um, receive? Yeah, so my auntie in Jamaica, Rowena, she reached out to the PSPA and she must have done some Googling, some research and she found them. Um, and I know that for her, because living abroad, she couldn't help physically. I think it made her feel quite lost at times and she wanted to support in any way that she could. So finding the PSPA then gave the whole family this lifeline. Um, and I know that all of my mum and her aunt, her sisters, sorry, used it um, to find information, particularly from a carer's point of view. So what to expect with the, with the condition yes. and the complexities around it, what to, what to look out for, um, support that was in the local area. So yeah, it was a complete lifeline for them all, um, particularly because it's such an un unknown condition to know that you've got a support network there and people who understand and they're going through it as well was really important for them. Um, so I think they relied quite heavily on the website and all of the the information that was there. So in 
2020, you joined the PSPA team as an education volunteer. What motivated that decision to help? So my uncle um, had had cycled from Land's End to John O'Groats raising money for the SPA, I know. (laughs) And then um, Granny passed away in May 2019 and my brother and two of my cousins signed up to do the marathon. Um, So all around me people were doing things and I just Mm. thought, hmm, (laughs) I've never really fancied cycling across the country or (laughs) running a marathon. It's not really my cup of tea. But um, I looked at what other opportunities were available and the educational volunteer role just stuck out to me. Um, it almost felt like it was written for me because in my day job, I was delivering training sessions online to groups of people. So, um, yeah, I just thought it sounded like a perfect opportunity in a way that I could feel like I was contributing and giving back to the PSPA. Yes. Um, and again, because it's such an unknown condition, anything that I could do to help spread awareness. I wanted to be involved with that. So, yeah, Great. That, was, that was why I signed up. <laughs> Great. So, yeah, sounds as if it was tailor-made for you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so last year you began also holding some virtual pamper sessions for PSPA. Mm. How did that idea come about? And if anybody would be interested in joining future ones, what, would, what do they involve? So this came about because I became a consultant for Temple Spa last year. Um, obviously like keeping myself busy and doing lots of different things but uh, I I signed up to be a consultant for them and that was following um, attending a spa session that was in aid of a a different charity and straight away I thought oh I could do this for PSPA and it coincided quite nicely with the National Carers Week so the first session I delivered was for that so the idea was that everybody who's a carer of someone with PSP or CBD was invited to attend I send out a pamper pack to everyone in the post so they receive, you know, the moisturiser, the cleanser, everything they okay, need in this yeah. pack. Um, and then they join together on Zoom on the evening and I guide them through a facial. And the idea is that they can take some time away just for themselves to have the pamper, to have a relax, to sit and talk as well with other people. So while we're sitting there with our face masks on, <laughs> everyone can have a chat about their experience. And quite often they'll be talking about the support groups that they're part of or sharing knowledge. Um, the one I delivered last month, people were talking about particular pieces of equipment that you could get through the charity or through the local council. Yeah. So it's, it's I feel like sometimes it is a bit of an eye opener for people if they haven't heard about something before just attending one of these sessions helps them see that there's other help available. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so it's just a pound session, a chance for them to relax, but also to network with other carers as well. Sounds great. And do you hold these in the evening or the daytime? The evening. So they're usually kind of between 7.30 and 8pm. I think we've settled with 8pm now. Um, like Carol was saying, there's, there's no really good time for everybody, unfortunately. No. But um, the evening, at least they can you know get the person they're looking after ready for bed and things and then enjoy the session themselves and then they still got some time to do what they need to afterwards and how do people register their interest if they want to attend that so they should just contact helen chapman who is the communications manager for the pspa and she'll sign them up and then she sends over their details to me and i post out the pamper packs about a week before the class so they arrive in good time um, to contact Helen for the Carers Pampers sessions, um, Helen's contact email address is communications at pspassociation.org.uk. And is there a cost for, for the carers for this? Absolutely not. No, it's completely free. And then I, if 
there's never any pressure for anybody to buy anything. I, I would yeah. hate for anyone to feel like they have to. Um, but if anybody did want to treat themselves to anything during the session or during the class or in the coming weeks afterwards, um, I'd donate 10% of the sales to the PSPA as well. Oh, right. Okay. Thank okay. Thank you very much, Carol, Carol and Caroline, for your contributions. Um, if you're listening to the podcast and would like more information about the Carers Support Group or the virtual pamper sessions, please get in touch with the PSPA helpline on 0300 0110 Alternatively, you can email helpline at pspassociation.org.uk. A range of information is also available from the website, which is pspassociation.org.uk. Head to the information and support section in the menu and you'll see that there's an area for carers. Thank you. Mm -hmm.